0: Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Avignon Realty. If you are a real estate agent and you're located in Texas, anywhere in Texas, Houston, Dallas, Austin, and you're looking for a company to work with, Avignon Realty is the place to go. They'll provide you support and infrastructure so you can be a successful agent. They have a 100% commission plan. They'll give you performance coaching and the ability to work remotely, as well as mentoring by a team of experienced brokers. So, a lot of tools at your disposal to make sure that you can be a successful agent here in Texas. To get started, give Van Din a call. He's the owner of Avignon Realty. His phone number is 469 951 3585. If you mention Six Penny's podcast, he's going to waive the first month's brokerage fee, which is I think about 300 bucks. Not bad. Once again, that's Avignon Realty. Owner's name is Van Din, our buddy Coach. And his phone number is 469-951-3585. All right. It's been a while. It's uh, Timmy's here. Mock, you out there? I am here. It's just us today. Just us today. It's been a little bit of time. We've been uh, all swamped with, I think, work and holiday stuff and uh, eating and buying stuff for Thanksgiving. It's been just a little bit too busy, but we're glad to be back. We've got a fun podcast today. Uh, actually actually is it fun or this might be a sad podcast huh
1: we'll call it bittersweet
0: bittersweet podcast w- what happened is that we were talking with our buddy alby he was texting us and and uh, about the, the astros trade that went down um jake marisnik traded over to the mets he's one of our, our fan favorites even though he's not like the best astros player he actually you know, wasn't even a starter and didn't didn't play that much but we we love that guy and uh, kind of bittersweet moment, and we started thinking, like, who are some other of our favorite athletes on, well, really Houston sports teams, and, and mostly Rockets and Astros players, I guess, uh, over the course of our lives, who we've been sad to be see, see traded. These can be stars, or more likely, these are not the biggest stars, but guys that we just feel sentimental about, who were just sad, got traded, and, and wanted to keep following over their careers. Um, so Maki posed this question to me and I, I had a couple of them, um, I, I'm well, guessing like, you had a few in mind first.
1: Yeah, let's start with a kind of definition, like, I've been trying to think, what makes an athlete a fan favorite? Like, What do you think it is about your specific so, list that, that makes them stand out?
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at my list, it's uh, none of them are the superstars. It's never the top two or three players on the team at the time. Um, it's the role players and these are guys that come in and do the dirty work some fans Well, most fans like them. I think some some fans don't really care about them at all and I think uh, at times I would be kind of abnormally Liking these players even more than than most fans. So that that's kind of what I was thinking
1: Okay, so like you mentioned earlier under the radar type guys uh, your role players I'm surprised not even like top three on the team, but it kind of brings me back to discussion about James Harden. So this these are not your James Harden types of players, right? No, these are, this are players is... that regardless of which team they're on, they started or they played a significant portion of their uh, career on Houston teams. But if they go elsewhere or if they end up somewhere else, then you're still going to
0: follow their career, correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be broader than that. They don't have to spend like a, a, like a their entire careers with Rockets or even start with the Rockets, but there's somebody that I really liked when they're on the Rockets. And yeah, mine are, are pretty much Rockets. And you know what? Like I, I would expand it even further, as, as we'll see as we get along here. Even if they might, at some point of, the, of their careers, have been some of the best players on the team, uh, then they're traded away later when they're not the best players. That's kind of sad, too. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. something to, to think about as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a bittersweet day. Uh, Jake getting traded, I found that out pretty early this morning, and I just, like, it's bittersweet because I'm glad he's, so he got traded to the Mets, like you said, and he's gonna get to be their everyday center fielder, it looks like, so he's gonna get a ton oh, of playing nice. time,
0: much yeah. more than they
1: had here, he was, like, the fourth outfielder, so, in a crowded outfield on the Astros. Um, I mean, he was, like, he, fifth, right? Fourth or fifth, yeah but, yeah, but he, Jake's been, Jake's been my, like my favorite player on the team for a long time man oh wow so so yeah yeah, even i don't know what exactly it is about him i feel like most of these players on my list they're either specialists so they're either like elite at one Mm. thing not good at anything else or they're like kind of a jack of all trades but not very good at any one thing if that
0: makes (laughs) sense okay all right Uh, how about you start with any astros players you have because i i'm all rockets so so give me some astros players
1: okay well i obviously you're a big astros fan and i know you know this guy
0: marwin gonzalez oh yeah marwin was a really i I don't even know how he left the team but i was upset when he left he was probably my my jake um yeah uh, like for for the championship year and uh, I I don't know. I, I, something about the way he carried himself. Uh, his helmet always looked cool. He was he was just one of my favorites, and I didn't really care about all the, all the other stars on the team. Marwin was the man.
1: He was very 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 good for us. Uh, he played essentially every single position other than pitcher and catcher. He he played at some point on his Astros uh, tenure, and wow. it was really amazing because. Be- because of his versatility and the fact that he could play all these positions uh, and play them well and, and you know bat pretty, pretty well as well, it, it pretty much was an extra player for us. So mm. because of that versatility, it allowed us to like carry an extra pitcher throughout the entire season, which is really nice to uh, have. Um, wow. But yeah, he left in free agency. Uh, it wasn't a trade, but it. it kind it. of was uh, we could have paid him, but we didn't want to. So.
0: that's that's okay. I think that should count as well. Like yeah. trades is, is more on the list, but I think that type of situation should count too. Yeah.
1: Okay, give me okay. give me a rocket.
0: Well, you know, the first one that, that comes to mind is a pretty obvious one that I'm sure you you knew was at the top of my list, and that's that's Shane. That's Shane. our boy Shane. <laughs> I mean Shane Battier is is pretty much the Marwin, I think, of the of the rockets from Good call. Good call. from what Good. Oh, oh, six, and, oh, six to twenty eleven. He was traded uh, for the beat and Damari Carroll and and uh, oh. and a pick. Uh, honestly, it was it was a dump. Um, I'm sure yeah. there was other stuff that we were trying to do there. Um, he went to Memphis. He he left and then signed with the Heat and won a championship like right away. So or did he win two championships? I don't even know. But man, Shane was the man, and he's kind of the same thing. He would do it all. He was, you know, I think started as a probably a shooting guard in his career and ended up as a power forward next to. LeBron, and he's the guy that could make the three, make the jump hook, and guard every guy on the floor, uh, and he left, gave us so much versatility, so as you know, that's my favorite guy, and really, really sad to see him go at that time. You're
1: right, the Marwin of the Rockets is a great description, uh, <laughs> or maybe it should be the other way around, like Marwin was right. yeah. the Shane of the Astros, uh, yeah. but yeah, a lot of his biggest value didn't show up in the box score, right, like we know, like he contested shots really well, he, guard, he always guarded the toughest player on the court. And I want to ask you, going way back to when we first acquired him. So it was on draft day.
0: Yeah, for Rudy Gay Rudy,
1: loved it. Rudy Gay, yeah. Did you love it right away?
0: I I was on board right away. I was never like a huge Rudy Gay guy. Yeah. I, I know everybody was was wanting Rudy Gay. I mean, you know, he was the athlete that you want—the six eight um, swingman who is, you know, has tons of upside and potential. But I, I liked that Shane was already like gonna be like a veteran gonna be like a winner from duke and um i i like the guy that can play defense and can kind of do it all same same yeah. same
1: really i i feel like we're in the minority though i think we're the few, one of the yeah i, few that I definitely the know trade that right was away.
0: yeah there were not many people who were on board with that so i don't really remember but i do know that i wasn't like i i don't think i was like oh my goodness this is the best deal ever but i was like oh yeah i'm i'm good with getting shane like he's he's solid uh, and it turned out that he was super solid for us for a long time.
1: Yeah, and that's that's exactly who we needed right away too. We didn't need a Rudy Gate type. This was in the heyday with uh, T-Mac and and T-Mac, Yao. Yeah. And we were trying to keep man, them healthy and, and and yeah, Shane Shane did really was, well.
0: And he was, I, I guess, like a perfect guy to go with T-Mac too, that, to have, let T-Mac not have to defend the best swingman every time. So Shane could guard Kobe. While T-Mac could, you know, guard the other guy and and give him a little bit of rest on the other end of the floor, and then he could help hide some weaknesses from Yao as well. So, man, what a guy!
1: He just did it all. Like, I didn't get a chance to look up his stats, but I I can't imagine he scored ever scored more than like eleven a 11 game. Eleven us. Yeah. yeah. That's what
0: I was about to say? <laughs>
1: eleven, he's, maybe uh, six and one, one, one. Yeah.
0: He's that guy you could always depend on. You know who else you can depend on? Who? Derek Shaw from Farmer's Insurance. Yes. he—he's Maybe he's the, the Jake of, uh, of the insurance world. Uh, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Derek Shaw and Farmer's Insurance. They've been our sponsor from the start. If you're looking for a quote on um, insurance, whether that is home, life, or auto, make sure to give D. Shaw a shout-out. His phone number is 214-729-6462. A number of different professions will get a, an extra discount. So make sure to let him know um, where you're working. If you have a new roof, you'll also get a discount. Um, and if you mention that Six Paints podcast sent you, he's going to give you even more of a discount on top of all of that. Uh, Disha is always ready to take your call and he's always willing to give great advice, even if you aren't necessarily uh, buying insurance from him. So just a great guy, super dependable. His number again is 214 729 6462. Thanks, Disha.
1: Great guy. I I just exchanged emails with him today. Uh, he gave nice. me a quote. It. He just told me to go with the other guy, but oh, he, there he you took go. Took the time to give me a quote as well.
0: Nice. All right. Uh, you're up. Give me an, another another uh, niche player that you are sad to leave.
1: Yeah. So all these guys on my list. Um, let me start with this one.
0: Robert Ori. Yeah. I mean, it's the Ori Cassell combo there, though, right?
1: Yeah. So Cassell is, as you oh know, is boy. was my favorite player in the not just on the rocks, in the league. Uh him yeah. and Penny were like one A, one B back back in the mid-90s. Yeah. And when we traded him, like I understood even at that young age, I was about eleven, ten, eleven years old. I understood kind of like the business side of things. And yeah, we we're getting Charles Barkley back. But man, that hurt. That one hurt a lot. I had Sam Cassell's yeah. shoes. I had all I his cards. Did he have a signature shoe? I don't know if they're signature shoes, but they're the ones that he wore, uh, and that I would okay. like, write right in the number ten on them as well. Like Got I was it. all in on on Cassell's.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, looking back, it is it is not a good trade. Um, at the time, I was not happy about it either. So the Rockets had won, of course, back to back championships, and really faltered the next year uh, in 1990. Uh, six. And I, I, this was a panic trade. I think they were just like, hey, this isn't working. The the Sonics are going to beat us because the Sonics had, I think, had beaten them, but they couldn't beat like Sean Kemp. And they always had all the guys um, on the team that could take out Hakeem. And so they thought, we need another big guy who can uh, handle the Sonics. And so that's why they went with Sir Charles. And um, he was too old. He just, he was past his prime. And we had one shot at it. We got relatively close uh, losing to the Jazz on the carmel and bear hug but bear um, hug yeah but it's just disappointing to give up both both of those guys Castell and Ori, huge huge pieces of both championship teams who were further developing in those you know in that next year in 96 and then we just swapped them right out of there pretty sad day
1: very sad i remember looking in the our becketts back in the day and yeah. robert ori cards were on the rise they they were weren't just common cards anymore they were up 10 cents to at least at least 35 cents I remember really um and yeah you're right like they went on to become integral parts of very good teams and even championship teams obviously for Robert Rory
0: yeah it's sad I mean uh Cassell was part of some great Timberwolves teams like in 2003 like seven or eight years later right so yeah it's not like yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, of course, they're still very early in their careers. And yeah. um, there was a lot of room to grow. And because, and of course, coach now, there's like so many things that we could have done if we could have kept him around. He was good yeah. on the bucks, And of yeah. course, Ori has, you know, too many rings for his fingers. on them.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you this. The Kings-Lakers matchups back in the day, who were you cheering for the Kings or Lakers?
0: Early 2000s? Yes. Uh, Kings for sure.
1: Kings for sure, right. Yeah. Uh, so how did you feel when Ori hit that
0: shot off that Vladi Divac tip back? I don't I don't remember specifically. Um I I, I wasn't cheering for the Lakers, that's for sure. Right. Um I was excited that like Ori was doing good things. Like even when he was doing it on the Spurs. Yeah, you know, the, you know, we don't like the Spurs, but it's still like, yes, Robert Ori is the man. That is a good thing, even if it's for a team that I don't like. It it definitely made that it felt like a loss, uh,
1: feel better. <laughs> Just because yes, of his yeah. Ori and he had that moment and who who knew that it would be I don't even know if that's the number one moment, like clutch moment for him. Like he would he Ori? carried yeah, uh him against the Pistons in that the uh, O five was it? Yeah, that O five series. He yeah. He dominated that well, one game.
0: He yeah. I mean he, he dominated the game and then he made the game winning three as well and he had the dunk. Yeah. Like that was a crazy The crazy
1: crazy, stretch, Armstrong, left-handed dunk.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I mean that that was a pretty pretty crazy one because that he was already like in his probably like his thirteenth, fourteenth year at that point. Um, Yeah, I mean the the most clutch shot, I think it still has to be the 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 King's shot though.
1: There's one moment, but that entire like fourth quarter and overtime against the Pistons
0: was incredible. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean he had a couple big rockets ones, but those you know by that time nobody even thought about them at all. Yeah. Um, speaking of Cassell, though, I, I don't know if you're aware, but do you know all the different trade, big trades he's been in? Big trades? No, tell me. Well, so he was traded, of course, for for Barkley, and then right. the Suns traded him with uh, with Michael Finley for Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Yeah. Yep. And then after that, he was traded by the Mavs um, in a in a big deal, like with Jim Jackson, and they got like Sean Bradley back. So it's like a, a big big deal with like seven or eight guys and a couple of years later he was in the trade um for uh stefan marbury oh wow these the are nets. huge
1: trades yeah. when
0: he left the nets yeah these are huge uh and they went to the timberwolves and he was traded for like joe smith like these are all like really big trades oh man
1: of all the teams that uh i guess cassell was on after the rockets like which one was your favorite
0: uh i always think of the timberwolves yeah right it's the the team with spreewell and Garnett that that made I think the conference finals and
1: conference finals um, but he got
0: hurt that that's why is they that why yeah it was against was, Lakers he was hobbled um it was against the Lakers too I think, I think so. they had a pretty yeah. good shot there so yeah that's definitely the one that comes to mind for me all right um I my other one from those years is uh Mario Ellie um, oh, were you an Ellie
1: fan yeah, I was junkyard. oh you were
0: too well yeah I mean we we love those teams of course this has turned into a Uh, a rockets nostalgic podcast which is pretty sad given the state of the rockets today but um (laughs) for me at least yeah mario ellie the junkyard dog who was a huge huge part of our team that you know i I think he was one of those guys where we were probably the only fans the, the rockets fans were the only ones who appreciated and liked ellie he probably got on a lot of people's nerves he had the kiss of death um super cocky and he was great for us, and then he just left and went to the Spurs, and it was that's pretty sad.
1: I still remember like the kiss of death, obviously, but the NBA moving the three-point line back just yeah. kind of destroyed his career. Like that's he was true. Yeah, that's, perfect that's from like 21,
0: 21 yeah. feet, and then once it moved back, uh, he could he wasn't that accurate anymore. That's true. I mean, Kenny Smith too. Like those guys. That didn't really have the best, you know, anything that's made for a twenty-four footer. That that set shot or like a yeah. a weird jumper, those those didn't really work for the the long threes. But I think the sad, saddest thing for Ellie is really just the fact that he went to the Spurs and kind the of
1: Spurs, yeah. Uh,
0: did did he disown us or he was just like not really into the Rockets for a long long time for a while? Uh, but he's back. Yeah. He's back. He's back. Yeah. All right. How about you? Any more? Yeah, I got a.
1: I got. Another one. Uh, this one is probably just me, though. Uh, Ray for Austin.
0: Yeah, I, I knew that was <laughs> gonna be on your list. But Rayford was traded for uh, your boy Kyle Lowry. He
1: was. And so Kyle okay. Lowry is also on on the list. Who
0: was Lowry traded for? Dragic. A,
1: a pick that turned into uh, the pick from Toronto that turned into part of the Harden
0: deal. Oh, I think. so pretty worth it too. <laughs> yeah yeah but so Rafer you're sad um and is that when he what year was that so that it was after
1: he went to the magic when they went on the finals run
0: and then oh okay it was it was the magic one
1: but he didn't get playing to, like Jameer Nelson was hurt for a lot of that yes. year so they traded for yep. Rafer Jameer yep. came back in like late playoffs and then but Rafer was playing well, so...
0: I thought Rafer ended up playing in the finals, though, because Jameer got hurt again. He,
1: uh, Yeah, Rafer played some in the finals, but I think Jameer yeah. was back in the finals as well. But I always felt like... like Obviously, I know him from way back his skip-to-my-loo days and one basketball uh, yep. mixtapes, but I always felt like his defense was really underrated.
0: Like, he he had quick yeah, feet. Like you're, he, he the o- in, you're the only one. Bro. I'm the only one? Yeah, you're the only one. <laughs> I don't well, think anybody agrees with that.
1: So, what what was your impression of Rafer on the
0: on the rocket? Uh, I thought he was okay. Um, not good at shooting. Not really the right guy to pair with T Mac. You know, like the, he's just not the right type of point guard that should be playing next to T Mac. And it felt right to uh, get rid of him for somebody else. And Lowry turned out to be really good, even though we did We got rid of him anyway.
1: I love Lowry, but I always felt like he should have been part of the Shane
0: Battier trade. Shane Battier, Rudy Gay. Like I feel like mm, we should... yeah. Do you know uh, Ray for Alston's career field goal percentage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Um, I can, take, I can a, guess. take a shot. Take a guess at his highest one-year field goal percentage. Uh, give me forty-four. Wow, that is ambitious. His highest is forty-one point five percent. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> career average of thirty-eight point three. That is. Real bad. It's not like he was jacking up threes. He took like two per game. Okay, um, so well, no, he took actually no. He threes? took several. He took like five threes a game. Ah, oh, his threes were okay. Yeah, his threes are good. Yeah, was a thirty thirty-five percent three-point shooter. Okay, all right.
1: That's the problem. We didn't have D'Antoni back then. He wasn't shooting enough threes. Okay, yeah, if he shot enough threes. Go. It would justify the thirty-eight percent.
0: Who else were the Rockets' point guards at that time? Was it just him and Bob Sura? Uh, do we or count Sura? The, boot their head. Oh, we should never talk about Luke <laughs> Um Like with with TMac, it was Rafer or it was Sarah, right?
1: Yeah, Sarah for a couple years there. Uh, let yeah. me think. Who else? Oh, Mike Mike James. Mike James was there. Yeah.
0: Oh, Bobby Jackson later. I just looked that one up.
1: For a couple years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, got it. All right, man. Trip down memory lane. Those are the those. Oh, were those the good Rocket years? Like, thinking back now, um o- o- the the T-Mac and Yao years, is that the good part of the Rockets in the past 25 years since the championship?
1: I've been talking about this with a coworker, Like, talking about just kind of the rings culture nowadays, like how yeah. it's really all or nothing. And, and while I agree to some extent, like, I feel like you just got to enjoy, enjoy the journey. Like, it doesn't... It's not as meaningful if you're not enjoying the whole way there you know and those rockets teams back then obviously they never won anything never even got to the finals but man i those were some of my favorite teams because i just loved rooting for t-mac and i loved yeah just the camaraderie on those bobby surah john barry uh that Mm -hmm. that that team was really really fun really fun to watch really fun to cheer for I mean, definitely a lot more fun to cheer for than today's team for you, right?
0: Oh, yeah. It's not even close. I, I'm I'm out on the rockets right now. So, yeah, those 05 through 09 rockets were were some of the, the best, I think, um, in a very long time. So, All right. Um, before we get on to our, our last few, I guess, let's talk about one more of our sponsors. Um, how about Loan Factory?
1: Okay. Yeah, I just talked to them, too. Talk about- Oh, wow.
0: You talked to Billy? Yeah. yeah, you got all sorts of house stuff going on. But Billy Wynn is our guy at Loan Factory. Um, he's been in the business for quite a while, 15 years, I think, and um, decided to go out on his own and start a branch of Loan Factory, which is a national company. Um, they have a team of lenders um, that they go to to, uh, to get you financing on your home or refinancing and they can submit to any of those lenders and get you the best rates. So if, uh, if they can't get a, a good rate from one lender, they'll just move on to the next one. I think they have more than 40 of them that they go through. And um, they can have all sorts of programs for you, nontraditional loans, uh, no-cost refinances if you're eligible, and, um, yeah, all sorts of ways to finance or refinance your home. I know Albie has already done that, and it sounds like Mach has been looking at uh, Loan Factory as well. If you want to reach Billy, his phone number is 469-585-4498. You can also just check out LoanFactory.com or Facebook.com slash LoanFactoryHQ. Uh, the branch is in Dallas, but I think they do everything, um, anything in Texas, uh, maybe elsewhere as well. But just give Billy a call and he'll he'll get you hooked up. His phone number again is 469-585-4498. That's loan factory. And uh, yeah, I think they've been doing a good job for all the six pennies. Billy be closing. All right, uh, what else you got? You have any more on your list?
1: I have one more.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, again, this was a very bitter sweet trade for me. Uh, more bitter than sweet. Uh, but Patrick Beverly.
0: Good one, yeah.
1: He was definitely a fan favorite. I don't think anyone could imagine rooting for a, a lot like Russell Westbrook now. Like a lot of people could never imagine like rooting for Chris Paul and the Rockets after just the history there, but trading away Pat Beverly and, and really a slew of other people. Uh, Montrez Harrell could make this list eventually, but Pat Bever- losing Pat Beverly was, was big. Obviously we understood it from a basketball standpoint, but it always hurts losing a fan favorite. And again, he was, he was definitely in my like favorite, top three players in in the league. So, uh, so that one's done.
0: Yeah. I mean, looking back now, it's, it's hard to say how good that trade was. I think at the time we got, we got CP and, um, I, I think the CP and Harden experiment went about as well as it, we could have wanted it to go right. We, yeah. we probably should have won a championship or we should yeah. have, but now looking back, I mean, we gave up Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, and Montress Harrell, who are, killing it on the Clippers and are part of a potential championship team there. So thinking about it now, like, I don't know, what could we have been if we had just kept those guys?
1: Yeah. Uh, So along the same lines as my previous question, like how do you, if if you had to choose one team this year other than the Rockets to win the championship, who would it be?
0: Oh, it's all Clippers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And is, is that swayed at all because of like those guys you just mentioned?
0: Yeah. I like them all. I mean, Pat Bev, I'm not, I'm not the big fan like you are, but uh, I'm good with him. I like his hustle. Uh, I mean, Paul George is is a guy that I know you love as well, and uh, well, you love Kawhi. So that that is definitely your team. Are you sure you're yeah. still rooting for the Rockets? <laughs> I am still rooting for the Rockets. We just won tonight? tonight. Go Rockets. That's surprising. Okay. I mean, before we wrap it up, I mean, for, for me, I mean, we've talked about a lot of these niche star or niche players. And I had mentioned before, um, you know, stars that went past their prime and left us is something that's also sad for me. So those are my last two biggest ones for the Rockets. And um, oh, no. it's it's T-Mac and Hakeem. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. This is a sad way to end the podcast. But Hakeem being traded to the Raptors is the biggest uh, disgrace, I think, in 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 Houston's sports history. It's uh it's pretty bad. he's, he's the greatest Houston athlete, probably ever. Yeah. yeah. And we just we I, I don't know what happened there.
1: Yeah, I think we generally as a Houston public we we just ignore that he ever set foot in Canada. Um uh, yeah. I think we treat it like like kind of that rider strike season of friday night lights you just you just kind of ah, shrug it off nice nice
0: know? all right we'll, we'll skip that one then i guess that's that's a little too sad but even t-mac in 2009 10 yeah no, t- after 9 2011 maybe um the trade was sending him to the knicks and i think we got back jordan hill and kevin martin came back in the trade so like yeah. kevin martin is i mean he turned into james Harden. i mean that's that's good i guess but it was sad to watch t-mac go like what two years three years after he was just so good for us 22 game winning streak and then all of a sudden he was basically dumped so that we could just get anything
1: he just couldn't stay healthy after after that point just
0: tragic sad very sad tragic it was it was sad to see him on the spurs and um not be able to play in the in the playoffs even
1: let me ask you this to try to end it on a little bit of a lighter note Going back to the previous players that we mentioned, so not the stars that held on for too long, but the more role players we talked about. For you specifically, like, are some of these favorite players your favorite players because you play like them, or or is it vice versa? Like you play like them because you like them.
0: I mean, so you're just asking me about Shane, right? <laughs> Shane, Robert Ori, etc. Um, I think I definitely tried to play like those guys because I like them. Well, I guess it kind of went a little both ways. I think, like, with Shane, I I don't know when the comparison was made, but I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I I do kind of play with him, and it just kind of uh, was a self-manifestation, like (laughs) self-fulfilling prophecy that would just continue on, right? It's probably the same way with you and, like, Rafer or, like, all the guys on the Magic number one that you liked. Like, you (laughs) like them, and then... Yeah, you you play kind of like them, and then you just keep playing even more like them.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting how... It's kind of fascinating to me how these players become fan favorites just because there's nothing, like, on the outside in, there's nothing terribly special about them. Maybe one aspect of their game is is yeah. elite. But uh, for the most part, like, they, they are, in all essence, like, very expendable, you know, very replaceable. Sure. But it, it's just something about them. And, and it's not just for us. It, it's their fan favorites for, like, all houston fans you know Um, yeah i think part of it maybe there's a sense of pride in being like a true fan of the team and knowing these lesser guys and and not just the kind of players that get shine on the yeah on the national stage Um, yeah but but yeah it's interesting like like why not like any of the other role players on those you know teams we loved watching why why was it these specifically
0: I don't know. I mean, they probably had special moments, um, especially like the Cassell, Ori, Ellie guys. Like, they had so many special moments for us uh, in championship years that made us like them more. Uh, For the other guys, I'm not sure. Maybe it does have something to do with um, the time of our lives when we're between, I don't know, like 18 to to 25 when we were playing a lot of basketball probably and uh, modeling our games after them. Uh, Maybe that, that did have more to do with it when we're thinking about guys like... Rafer and Shane and even Pat Beverly. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap this up with uh, one last fan favorite, and that's actually in Dallas. It's in Richardson. Um, it's Tasty Tales. It's a great place, and it's it's actually one of your favorites, right?
1: It is one of my favorites. Overstuffed it's... Po' Boys, get that.
0: They got some, some good stuff there. They also have NFL Sunday tickets, so they got all the games on, on Sundays. They also have specials on drinks, like every single day. There's Thirsty Thursdays. There's Sunday Fun Days. They got happy hours from 3 to 7, uh, Monday through Friday. And they're open late, too, so you can watch all the NFL games. I'm sure they have NBA games on now as well. Um, and, of course, like you mentioned, those, those po' boys. They got the new lobster po' boy and then your, your overstuffed oyster ones. Um, so check them out at Tasty Tales in Richardson. And the best thing about Tasty Tales is that everybody there knows the discount as soon as you let them know that Six Pensions podcast sent you you'll get 15% off your dine-in check. Um, so let your waitress, your waiter know as soon as you walk in the door and they will give you 15% off. Pretty awesome. You'll probably see Alby there too because I think he's there pretty much every every week. Um, so check out Tasty Tales in Richardson, Texas. Thanks again for joining Six Pains podcast. Let us know who we may have missed. We covered a lot of Houston athletes. We'd love to hear what some of you guys think if you're in a different city and you have some fan favorites from your teams, why you like them, Uh, and maybe you disagree with some of the ones that we've talked about, but thanks for listening and, uh, give us a a rating on iTunes and a comment on Facebook.